Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host this week, Abby Durheim, and I actually am getting to be joined by our typical host, James McLam, and the other co-founder of Gen Z, Matt Rush. And so we spent the next half hour or so talking about how Gen Z was formed and its inception and all of the great impacts that have happened as a result of Generation Ziggler. And now what James and Matt are doing and what's next for Gen Z. So you're in for a treat. And it was exciting for me to be able to bump on up to full host of this week and get to join two of my favorite people, James and Matt. Make sure you guys stay tuned. I believe that Generation Ziggler is a solution to the problem that the youth of today are facing when it comes to self-image relationships and goals. One of the things that I want to accomplish with this program is I want young adults to have the tools necessary to be able to go out and spread a message of hope that the world is absolutely begging for. So we want to equip them with the skills they need, with the content they need, and all the resources so they can be as successful as they can be. Hey guys, how are you? I'm so excited. I have two of my favorite people on the planet here today. So uh, you guys of Gen Z listeners, you're very familiar with James, but I want to introduce you to my Uncle Matt Matt. Hey! Well, everybody, first, how the heck are you? I haven't seen you in forever. I know, where have you been all my life? (laughs) I know, right? Can we just like pause time for a second and I can come see (laughs) you? Yeah, come on. We would love it. You better call in advance, make sure we're home. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's probably a kicker. Tell everybody who you are and um, a little about yourself. What have you been up to? I think you could just leave it at Uncle Matt Matt and we call that good enough, right? Uh, Abby and I actually have a pretty cool history uh, that goes back to, I can remember when she was a... a little tiny thing, and I would pick her and her brother up and carry them around at Young Farm and Rancher conferences. Uh, so that was a day or two ago, uh, since y'all, you know, all the college grads now and everything. So uh, Abby's dad and I have known each other for years, and then, um, uh, yeah, so we, we, we go way back. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, uh, I, I don't know, I heard a rumor that my voice or something like that is at the intro of this show. Is that true? Might be. <laughs> For the podcast, yeah. <laughs> so some people will be like, hey, that is not what I was hoping to see the face of that voice looking like. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I am Matt Rush. I uh, am blessed to get to say that I'm one of the uh, co-found, original co-founders of Generation Ziegler. James and I met through the Zig Ziegler family. Uh, from class one early on in their certification, and then we um, we started Generation Ziggler together. Then over the past uh, two year and a half, two years, my speaking career had kind of exploded and gotten to the point that I was traveling pretty much all the time, and was uh, so I focused mainly on my speaking career. Then obviously, 2020 was not an epic year for a public speaker to be married to an event planner. Uh, we had. <laughs> 
we had no public. <laughs> so that kind of threw us for a loop in 2020. Uh, so then uh, we started a, a guy by the name of Rich Taylor, who does actually has done all the graphic design work for Generation Ziggler. He does all the graphic design work for uh, the Ziggler family for Get Motivated Seminars. He's just he's amazing. I can't tell you how many times James or I would send him something and say, hey, Rich, can you make this look good? And he, he would send it back and we would just say, man, the dude just gets us like he's just yeah. amazing. Uh, early in 2020, uh, he asked me if I would be w willing to write a book with him. And I'm like, sure, at this point in time. Uh, well, we started in 2019 and then really got it ready to go early 2020. And then we actually released it literally just as the, the, the quote pandemic was starting. And uh, we thought it was going to be a great time to release a book on stress. We called it Stress Free You. Because what we had determined was that, you know, all this leadership training stuff is great. But if you're stressed out, it all goes out the window because stress is an emotion and emotion overrides fact every time. So we wrote a book called Stress for You of how to help people deal with stress. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that. And then we've got all kinds of other things that have happened in the last year, too. But we'll leave it at that. How's that? <laughs> we'll, we'll, let, we'll, we'll ask you at the end of this thing to, to tell us more about that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, because no one's going to believe that either. <laughs> I know I didn't believe it when we first started this, and I saw it on Facebook. Um, I, I still don't believe it. It's crazy, right? Life just yeah. turns lots of different ways. It does. So, James, Matt, tell me how Gen Z came to be. Like, how was it created, founded, birthed? What was that process like for you? Tell me what the goals were. Talk to me about it. James, take off. Well, it was eight years ago uh, this November that, that we met in the first class uh, for Legacy Trainers. And, and for those who, who are familiar with the show, because we've had some Legacy Trainers on before, you kind of know the format. Ziggler was certifying people to go out and share their content, to be licensed, to teach their content, to speak on their content, to facilitate. Matt and I met at that very first class, and at the last day, they ask you to share what the experience meant and maybe what you're going to do with it in the future. And I really wanted to take that message to youth. I wanted to take the Ziegler message uh, to, a, to a group of, of youth. But I had a different vision for what I thought it was going to be for me. I thought I was going to be out leading the speaking and have my own team of speakers. We were going to great and do stuff. But I started to realize that um, that matter was not where God was leading me. And I was speaking at an event and I was sharing about the legacy thing at the end to some people who were, who were coming up to talk to me afterwards. And a young lady asked me about the opportunity for her son. Would you recommend him doing the legacy training? And I explained to him about it, and she said, well, that seems a little bit in depth, a little bit involved. It's a big investment of time. It's a big investment of money and resources. I don't know that he's ready for that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's fair enough. And she walked away, and then she turned around. She came back over. She said, have you ever thought of doing some kind of activity for a younger generation, doing the same thing for a younger generation? And I very bluntly said, I don't think they have. And when she walked away, I was like, why haven't they? And so I approached Tom Ziegler about it, and and 
he said, well, give me a moment to mull over it. And I immediately contacted Matt and said, I got an idea. And just kind of spewed out what the idea was. And, and it kind of just started from, from my end from there, Matt. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember it all perfectly uh, like that, too. And it was uh, it was one of those things. James and I both came from FFA. We were both state officers back in the day, way back in the day, um, longer, farther back from James and me. But um, that's a different topic. Of <laughs> like, what, three years? Uh, so yeah, we both came that, yeah. from the, uh, the FFA world and. One of the things that we had talked about, too, was that, you know, when you're a young person and you, you have that passion and you feel a calling for helping other people and speaking and training, that's all well and good when you when you have an organization to, to call home. Hmm. Uh, when you get out of college, when you get out of high school, then there's fewer opportunities for something that, that can really help you facilitate that that passion or calling. But then when you get out of college, you know, you're just young. You're you're just starting out and, and people haven't lost that passion or desire, but there's really no credentials or, or curriculum for them to be able to do that. So that's the thing that we talked about early on was, hey, this could be an opportunity for us to fill a void for a lot of people who have a great ability to speak and train and impact people's lives. And so that was the, the genesis of the whole thing uh, it was right there. And boy, am I so very thankful that we had this genesis of Gen Z, because now I get to sit here and hang out with you guys today um, and have access to all this awesome curriculum. So when we talk about the curriculum that Gen Z certified trainers get access to and get to then facilitate and present, what, how did you guys come up with that set of curriculum? What do you guys see the biggest challenges facing the youth of today? And how has that been incorporated into the curriculum that we get access to? You want me to take that one or? Sure, jump in. Uh, all right, I'll start. Uh, initially, very initially, the three curriculum modules that we decided upon, the things that we wanted to work on, Matt and I kind of just felt like we, we came up with those on our own. We said, we feel like that youth are struggling with self-image, they're struggling with relationships, and we're struggling with goal setting. Now, we came up with those based on our observation, also because of what um, was then Mr. Ziegler's first three steps of success that he has. You know, we've talked quite a bit about the, the stairs to success, and the first three steps that he has are, are related to that. So... Um, we, we dealt with those, um, but we also interviewed, and, and I think the number is well over a thousand young people in the late, yeah, late teens, the early twenties is, uh, and asked them, what were the major problems facing youth today? Um, and then we just kind of categorized it. And there were a few outliners, but I would say the majority of it, people were saying that the, the problems facing youth were those three deals, were those three issues. Yeah, without without question. I mean, you, you might have, we might have had to massage them a little bit, some of them a little bit, but ultimately you could, we could get almost every one of them into one of those categories that 
that it does come down to self-image relationship and goals. And then, and, you know, we got to thinking about it too. And that's one of the things as we process that the, we've all dealt with that. The, I, every person on planet earth at some point in time has dealt with issues with their self-image. They've dealt with building positive, successful relationships with other people. And then they've struggled with knowing what to do or even how to do it. So here's something that's been a problem since the beginning of time, and yet no one's actually ever offered a real solution to it focused on young people and, and youth. And, and that's so that's why we thought this is it. We've got to do something to, to stem the tide of, of, of where our culture and, and where humanity is going. And to do that, we know we have to start with the individual person we got to help them work on relationships with other people and then know what they want to achieve and help them be able to achieve it. Because if you can do that, I mean, it changes everything. Um, on our, on our uh, podcast, the stress for you show, we talked about this last, this last week was that ultimately stress comes down to some form or fashion of self image. So if we can help you even overcome stress, we know that that's going to help you with your self-image. And so it's just one of those, it was one of those things initially that is like, yeah, this just makes sense because we've all dealt with this. We've all had these issues, but there's lots of people offered lots of solutions, but none ever targeting uh, a, a young, a young adult, a kid and said, Hey, we want to help you. Because if we can help the youth of today, we know that we can drastically change uh, the future of, uh, of our world. And I think, too, it, one of the things that's really been great is that the, as we have gone through this over time, we now see that the research is showing that those issues that we felt like were the major ones, that our informal interviews were showing us were the major ones, academic research in you to showing that yes that is the major one so it's validating what we kind of you kind of to begin we just kind of stabbed at the dark you know and said hey this is what we feel you know there, there's valid research now that shows that those are the main and, it, and it, what's amazing is is that the research shows um them in the order that we thought their priority were that the biggest one is self-image, that the second biggest one is relationships building, and the third one is the lack of dreams and stuff, and, and the ability to follow through on those dreams. That is what's some, simply amazing to me, is that academic research is showing what we just, uh, you know, that, which kind of validates that you and I were a whole lot smarter than we thought we were. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, most people would look at the research first and we're like, now this is it. This is it. We know it's it. And then we found the research that actually proved what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of validates the fact that we're a whole lot smarter than people thought we were. So. Yeah. I <laughs> Oh, you too. So when we think about youth and how this is targeting not only training youth, but that youth are training other youth. Why, why was that the initial model design that we were going to train young people to then turn back and do more with young people <laughs> as opposed to a more diverse set of audiences? Um, I can answer that one first because um, we looked at um, we looked at each other uh, one day and we said, okay, so let's get this straight. Um, we're two dudes in our 40s building curricular 
to uh, for teenagers, there's kind of a gap there. I mean, most people will think mentally we're fine. Like we fit the model to be able to help teenagers, even though we are in our 40s. But we're like, okay, we, that's too big of a gap. So then we're like, okay, we've got to find a group of people that is that is more closely aligned in age-wise uh, to, to kids. So that's why we targeted young people to go out and give them the tools, give them the curriculum, give them the confidence to be able to take our curriculum and go into a classroom or a church youth group or wherever that might be and deliver the content. So it's a little more relatable. So that's kind of how that that whole began. And, and, um, and yeah, that's what And we went. looked at it too and, and thought, what would we have wanted when we were that age? What would we have needed so that we'd be further down in our careers of helping youth? Um, and, and that that was really kind of the model of doing it. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think about how I've been able to apply the curriculum and facilitate that curriculum, and it's been so much more impactful when it's my peers than when someone goes and you know people have asked me, "Oh, can you do this to like a women's group of multi generational kind of people?" And it, it just doesn't have the same level of impact because they're not my all my peers, and so. I think it's been really awesome to watch how young people can then influence other young people. You know, and Abby, you and I talked about this on a recent podcast that we recorded in that the Gen Z curriculum, the the program for ZYC for our youth certification really has become more of a leadership training for the participants that Mm -hmm. come to it than it is an equipping training. Uh, Yes, they come and they want to be equipped, but how many of them actually go out and do something amazing with it? A low percentage. But how many of them leave and it has given them some tools to impact their life positively? I would hope pretty close to 100%. I mean, there are a few name, faces that come to mind that might not have uh, benefited much from it. But, uh, you know, we try. You win and you lose Maybe. some, right, James? <laughs> Uh, but no I would agree with that so when we are thinking about the type of kid or young person rather I know as a kid I didn't love being called a kid but what kind of kids and what kind of young people are we targeting like who who is ready to come because is there some sort of prereq if you will to coming to Gen Z and being part of this program or what what is the kind of young person that we're looking to facilitate and to have as a leader in our program? Go for it, bro. Well, I, we we even said from the beginning, it's we don't want to we we targeted the the type of kid that we were because that was what we related to uh, was that kid coming from the FFA that has some leadership training already and has some skills. We just need to arm them with the tools and, and give them the, or, or the equipment. And, or, yeah, absolutely. And kind of, but that's just where we were from. Um, and I, and I appreciate you giving Abby, uh, that little shout out there. Um, <laughs> we were we, for, that's where, that was our background. So that's not, that was a natural fit for us to target target that type of, 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 of young person. But then it's like, wait a minute, it, this is really for anyone who has a passion or feels a call for making a difference in the world and wants to go out and, and make a positive impact. And, and that's, that's, that's the person. It's not, it doesn't, 
there's not a there's not a prerequisite or there's not a box that, that that's perfect for everyone. It's do you want to impact other kid young people's lives? And that's who we that's who it, it should be for. And we've noticed too that those who've come in are not always the ones that are the great speakers and the and have that skill set when they come in yeah. that have benefited the most from it. Uh, we, we get emails and texts from some of our past participants telling us what they're doing as a result of that. Uh, there's a young man who, who sent me a text at the beginning of the summer saying, hey, I am now a counselor at a very uh, prestigious camp in New England. I'm a counselor for them because of the training I got here. I was able to go in and talk to them about things. Uh, another person said, I am an RA because during my interview, I was able to talk about the things that I was taught there. That's big. That, that, and that's far beyond what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. Pretty awesome. You know, even to add on to that, too. Well, it, to add on to it, one of the things that we saw early on, too, was just the, the, the technical skills that we would train on, like how to, how to, how to present yourself, how to speak. And then how to market yourself, whether that be for a, a, a speaking engagement or whether that be for a job interview. It all applies. It's the same. It's the same tools. That was worth the whole the whole certification just for those two things alone. And those were the the fun tools to see everybody get to use. So it does fit everybody in in some shape, form, or fashion. I absolutely agree. I think the those two things are probably the things that I recall on the most from my time at Gen Z and the um, handouts that I frequent back to the most. And I, and it's how I teach other people too. When people ask me, Oh, Abby, how do you do this? How do you do that? It's I go back to story brand marketing. I go back to maintaining eye contact and knowing how to be, you know, out of your little box and just be bigger than yourself. And I think that that's, those are all things that every young person should know to be the best version of themselves. So that's kind of cool. I'm glad that you guys brought those things up. Um, so, so when we're looking, president, you gonna give oh, credit? Oh. Yeah, I'll give you credit. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Thank you. And then, actually, I think it's really cool. So that you bring that up. So when. Well, I did Gen Z in July of 17, so it's been four, oh, more than four years. That picture that we had when Kenzie um, designed her activity and was like, draw out your goal and like, who's it going to take to get there and how are you going to do it and like, um, what obstacles are you going to face and all these things. I still have that picture that I colored in red marker on my desk at home and it has moved with me from all of my different apartments and it's like the only thing. I like keep it in this little page protector and all my friends are like, throw this thing away. This is the ugliest thing you've ever done. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to be an artist. It's the goal. We got to get there. And but it's my one of my favorite things. I love it. And I look at it every day. <laughs> oh, no, so I, it's awesome. So where do you think uh, Gen Z is headed next? What what's What's next? What's the big thing? I know James and I have talked about it a little bit, but what's next? Well, one of the things that we're launching as a result of, of, of some interviews and some opportunities of working with uh, Clemson University's Youth Leadership Development Program, Youth Development Leadership Program, is an adult worker uh, certification. Matt and I have been talking about this for years. 
And didn't I, I really didn't know where to start, but now uh, there's some principles and things that, that we're going to base it on. Uh, Ten basic principles of youth development that we're going to be able to do this. We've had some adults come through the program, uh, friends of ours from Ohio and Mississippi that came through at various times, and they enjoyed it. But one of the things I always remember, and, and Matt and I talked about this after it was over, it is they, when we asked them, what did you feel about the experience? Their comment was not, I'm going to use this content to make a positive difference in youth. Their comments were always, this is such an impressive group of youth. I wish more youth could get this kind of leadership training that you guys are providing. So my first thought was, if they're not seeing how they can use that content that we're teaching that thing immediately, applicable for what they're doing, but they're then we are, this as it's set up right now needs to be altered for an adult group. So we're going to launch a, a um, youth um, worker certification, coaching certification. There is not anything in the nation quite like this. There are some youth coaching certifications out there, but they are a little bit different than what we're focusing on here. Uh, and and at the airing of this, we are announcing this for, for hopefully a January or February start is when we like to have our, our first uh, class uh, going forward with this because there are a lot of people who work with youth they have a passion to work with them, but they may not understand some of the basic principles of what youth need to know. They may not know the development of youth. Where are they at in their development? What's going on in their brain right now? Uh, you know, what's happening with them? Where are they at developmentally wise? Because some people want to teach youth like they teach adults, or they think I can teach them this module and I can just be funny and happy and and we need to talk to them, too, about are you a stimulus for youth or are you a sustainer? And, and, and I think, Abby, you and I talked about that. Is a stimulus for youth is thing. are you someone who's going to get them excited about bettering themselves? You know, a keynote speaker is a stimulus. Someone who comes in there and motivates somebody and inspires them with their speech. They're not there to sustain it. Or are you, as a youth uh, worker there to sustain it in that for the long haul, giving them the steps they need, guiding them through those steps, mentoring them, coaching them, helping them through. Which are you going to do? Uh, a lot of you uh, adults say they want to do both. We, we learned from just the training that we've had that that's almost impossible to do both. You, you got to choose. You know, what are you doing? Um, so that is, that is really what we're looking forward to. Uh, continuation of this, we may bring back if if, uh, if the world gets back to kind of kind of normalcy, and by the summer we might look at you know bringing back our outdoor uh, leadership program that we did uh, several year uh, several years ago that just got canceled completely by COVID. Um, I, I don't know about that. I mean that's uh, we were set up to do a good one, but you know that didn't happen. So. The world is taking on lots of different turns. Lots of different turns. Okay, well, we can't have an interview where I am co-hosting or hosting in this regard um, without asking my all-time favorite question, which is, what is the greatest piece of advice you've ever been given? I know the two of you have given me great pieces of advice, but I want to hear what has giving who and what you have been given in terms of advice. 
the best of all time. What do you got? Uh, I use this in my training all the time. Uh, still some now here speaking at a conference in the morning. Um, and, and this is one line that I, that, I, that I was told early on, and it's just resonated with me. Uh, I've never forgot it. I, I, in fact, I can tell you where I was at. I was in Lubbock, Texas uh, in 2009 and was told this piece of information. And it just was one of those things that hit me right between the eyes. And it was this. It said, you know, there's a quote from the great Henry Ford, and, you know, builds a pretty good vehicle, too. Uh, Henry Ford said, if you ask a poor man the key to success, he'll tell you an education. If you ask a rich man, he'll tell you hard work. And, and along those lines was one that, that followed up with that that said, no one built a reputation based upon what they were going to do. So ultimately, it doesn't matter, which it all meant to me, that ultimately it doesn't matter what your educational background is. If, if Obviously, if you want to be a doctor, you need some education. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to hard work. You're going to have to put the work in. You're going to have to do the effort. And and then that second part, you can we can talk about this all day long, but until people actually get out there and do something about it, then what good is it? Uh, so those were the those were my two that uh, that I use all the time, um, and and they they've made a huge difference in my life. Uh, for me, it's a quote. It's not really, I guess, a piece of advice as much as it is a quote. Uh, that, that Mr. Ziegler had, you're what you are and where you are, but what goes into your mind, you can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Uh, that has really given me a, a light into my abilities and, and what I could accomplish. Uh, it, it helps me get rid of that stinking thinking because I know that's going to kind of, you know, destroy me. It, it has given me sometimes an op over optimistic view of what I can accomplish. But, you know, if I'm setting goals real high and I think I'm going to reach this through hard work, most of the time, even if I fall short, I far exceeded what most people thought I could do anyway. Um, and I've often noticed, you know, to, to tag what Matt just said, that when I fail, it's not a result of planning, a lack of planning, or a lack of a great idea. It's really a lack of putting the, the grinding daily work and, you know, thinking that I can rest on the success on laurels that I've had before and, and not doing it. So I had to get that out of my mind as well. So that is my uh, favorite quote. And I guess it would be like an advice. I don't know why I didn't come up with something better. I knew you were going to ask this. Uh, James, you were prepared. That's pretty, but that's pretty good. Anything for Mr. Zig is pretty darn powerful. So to kind of tie it all up and put a little bow on it, Matt, tell everybody what you're doing now. Jeez, <laughs> who would have ever thought? <laughs> Literally, who would have ever thought? It's like oh, by the way, stress free you is on the I banner know. for those folks who are watching. So thank you very much, uh, and we uh, listen, subscribe to the podcast. We have a lot of fun on there. Some topics won't apply some people but uh, you'll get something out of all of it and we have a good time doing it. uh and the book's 15 bucks on amazon hey and you can buy two for 30 see winner winner um <laughs> but then so i'm in the midst of having lost my entire book of business last year when the shutdown happens i mean 
I had told uh, my sweet wife at the beginning of the year, so we were planning out 2020. I said, I've got more stuff on the books. I thought 2019 was was busy, but 2020 is just like, it's, it's already packed. It's going to be the best year of our lives. We're going to end 2020 debt-free. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then the, the shutdown happens and, you know, all you're out lose all my book of business. And so I'm, I'm honestly, tr- pure transparency was kind of getting in a bad mental space. Uh, dealt with that for a little bit. And then I was like, I have to do something to pull myself out of this. So um, I told Katie, I said, uh, hey, I need to... Um, I need to work on this mental thing. And she goes, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to start taking art lessons. And she, I'll never forget as long as I live. She looked at me like, uh, she goes like, what? And I said, yeah. Like, I've always thought I could sculpt. Like, I thought I would look at pieces of art, like bronze pieces of art, big or small. I think I could do that. But I also think I could sing on the Opry stage. And that hadn't happened either. <laughs> so, uh August of last year, I reached out to a friend and I said, hey, we've talked about me taking lessons from you. He's an amazing. Ah, We lost Matt and we can't get him to reconnect. But because Matt's my uncle, Matt, Matt, I can kind of fill you in on the rest of the story. So Matt is now a sculptor. He has made, I want to say three, maybe four full pieces that have now been able to be bronzed and you can purchase them. They are absolutely stunning. It's all Western art. He is at uh, the four sixes ranch a lot of the time with his art and it is absolutely stunningly amazing. Uh, never in a million years would I have thought Matt to be a sculptor, but he definitely has a God-given talent to make some beautiful art. So um, bummed that he wasn't here to share the rest of the story with you, um, but we will drop some of his socials below in the show notes um, so you can go check out his cool art and see it and all of his fun experiences. But I want to say uh, thanks to Matt and thank you, James, um, for being here and telling us all about Gen Z and for really developing a program that truly has changed my life and changed the life of lots of other young people across the country. Hey, and we're going to put show in the show notes too about our new program, uh, the, the coaching program and what we're doing with it. And again, listen, Matt is moving on to this sculpting full time because that is what God has laid in front of him as, as his path right now. And we're so amazed and excited about how a obstacle of, of not being able to speak has turned into his greatest opportunity. And that is going to be something he'll be sharing for a lifetime and, and something that that I'm sure is going to happen. So you're going to see him. You're going to hear more about this. There's He's going to get more publicity about this going forward, too, because there's things that, that he is connecting with going forward. But uh, I honestly can say this, Abby, and, and you'll agree with this, too, is that there is no way that Generation Ziggler would have gotten off the ground if Matt had not agreed to join in with this crazy idea. Um, <laughs> you two make a pretty good pair, and I'm pretty glad that the two of you are together. There are so many little things that if you could pin us down, that we could tell you about how God placed certain people in our paths at the right time, how we, how we originally got the uh, original uh, curriculum writing team, how we knew these people 
before we knew they were going to be our curriculum writers. And we, we didn't know that each other knew these particular people when we suggested it. It, it, there's just so many things that could happen with this. And the future is very bright. Uh, we are having to kind of reboot and restart because of COVID. Everybody is. But we're excited about that as well. So thank you, Matt, for everything you've done. Uh, and we're glad uh, he is, is going to be a continual part of our show, you know, with his voiceover. And, uh, and we're just glad everything he's done uh, to be a part of this. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Make sure you tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.